the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They're a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy Hightower Henny. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about what happens if you are arrested for a crime and you're sitting in jail, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what the process looks like from the point of view of the criminal defense team at Hightower Ref Law. So again, we have Aaron Wetzel here today. Hello. Hi, Aaron. And uh, quick question. Have you ever been arrested? I have not. Have you? No, I have never been arrested. But I've been at the jail on the inside a lot because I used to work at the jail. Yeah. Erin worked at the jail before she became a lawyer. And but you weren't like in a booking area or anything like that. Or did you see that? I saw it. So the area that I walked through to get where I worked in the jail went like right by the booking area. Uh. And when I first... When I interviewed, I think they gave me a tour of the full jail. So I saw it. And then we actually see that in some of our body cam videos that we see when when somebody's getting arrested. Oh, yes. Yeah. The cops will usually keep it on until the person's considered completely booked into the jail, I think. Right. So they, if we start from being in the car under arrest, they take the person to the jail and they drive through the little secure area. And they're in the garage underneath the jail. Yeah, it's a it's a secure garage so that when they're taking the person out, they can't run anywhere. Yep. And they keep the body cam footage on the whole time. They take them into the jail, and then the cop is filling out, the cop who did the arrest is filling out their paperwork while an employee of the jail starts the booking process, which is fingerprints, um, getting identifying information, The cop will ask. They actually do a lot more than you would think. Like, you just think fingerprint, photo, information, done. They actually, they have a bunch of questions they have to go through to make sure that the person doesn't need additional help. So medical questions Mm. to make sure they don't have a medical need. Mental health questions. Substance abuse questions. They have to basically screen somebody for all these issues to make sure that they don't need to see somebody else or they're not going to be in danger to themselves or others when they... Are hmm. released into the general population. Yeah. So, and also from a legal standpoint, a lot of things are kind of happening too. So we'll we'll cover all of that as we dive deeper into what happens once you're arrested at the jail. Dun dun dun. <laughs> we need we need like the dun dun. Oh yeah, dun dun. dun. <laughs> what the law and order, right? That's, yes. Are they ending that show? No, they're bringing it back. Oh, it ended already. It ended like a decade ago. The original. Yeah. Law and Order SVU has been going on the whole time. Spinoff. And they've they've done a couple of other spinoffs in the in the time. There've been I think there's been some other spinoffs that have also ended. Have they all used that same music? <laughs> yes. <laughs> da, da. So they they start with da 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 da. I thought it was the like slamming of the slammer. It's the gavel. It only hit. Is it the gavel? I did not know that. S- side note: I've never seen a judge use a gavel. Have you? Have I? No. Only in auctions. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a judge. <laughs> or like mock trials. 
I don't even think I've seen it in a mock trial. No. You're right. I, I, I think see it's a myth. Some of them have it up on their bench. I feel like it's like a tchotchke, though. It's yes. not like a. It's always, it's a, it is. It's like a memento type yes. thing. Like somebody gave it to them, like, congratulations. This is a now cool a gift for a judge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't think I ever have seen that. Only on TV. Yes, only on TV. And maybe like the People's Court or <laughs> on TV. <laughs> so, um, during let's talk a little bit more about this booking too because yeah when we've seen it the other thing i've seen them do is they make the person take out all their off all their jewelry yeah and, and they they inventory the property yeah and they the people get all mad if they have to take out strange piercings i this is really gross i had a client that was arrested on a, on a dui and she was quite drunk and when they're asking her all these questions, she says, I have a tampon in. Do I need to take it out? And they're like, no, 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 no. I couldn't see because the cop turned to the side. But she took it out. And then you hear the booking person, who was also a man, go, that was gross. <laughs> um, you don't have to take out your tampon. <laughs> yeah. So um, they will put your earrings your rings your watch into these cute little plastic baggies <laughs> which is there's like two reasons for that right one they don't want the inmates to have all of that stuff inside that could be either stolen by other inmates used as a weapon anything like that and also they inventory everything because they don't want inmates accusing them of stealing something right um, and then they take your keys, your wallet, your phone, and they, then your clothes. They count cash. If you have yep. cash in your wallet, they count it so that they can't be accused of stealing that. Yep. And they put them all in these plastic evidence bags, basically. They're kind of, or property bags, I think they call them. Right. Um, and then you get a jumpsuit. And sandals. And some cute sandals. You don't get your shoes. No. Because you could use your shoelace to hurt yourself. They have those one tennis shoes with the Velcro straps. You have to pay. That's from the commissary. You have oh. to pay for those. So the sandals, the they're like rubbery sandals. Shower shoes. The, the shower shoes. That's the standard that you get. You okay. get socks, underwear. Yeah, you don't even get your own underwear. Uh, the jumpsuit and those sandals. If you want the Velcro shoes, you have to pay for those yourself. Oh. It's an item that you can order in the commissary. And then you get a very basic toiletry kit, toothbrush, toothpaste, a shampoo, body wash together type thing. Mm. Oh, you do get soap. You get a little bar of soap. And if you want anything more or nicer than that, also commissary. There's a name for those shoes, those, those white shoes. I can't think of it. Anyway, we'll, we'll come up with that later. Yeah. The, it's like a, it's like a two two word name I have so what a lot of people do with the soap is they will carve things like they'll be artistic with sure. it so I actually have a turtle made out of the jail soap at my house I took some con I took some con it's called contraband if you yes. if you have anything that you're not supposed to or you modify anything that they give you that you can have from its original purpose it's called contraband and they can write you up for it or they can just take it so they had uh, in the program's office there, uh, which was the office that I worked under, uh, they had just this large pot of contraband items that had been taken, and I was allowed to take a couple as mementos when I left. 
and you chose a soap turtle. <laughs> I I can't remember if I chose that or somebody gave it. I also had items that were given to me by inmates. Like I I was given a rose once made out of toilet paper, and they oh. so they they'll. They use candy too to like color so that they can make handmade cards and send to people. So I have cards that were written to me. I had this uh, rose that was made out of toilet paper and colored. So like the stem was colored. Oh. They even like put like little toilet paper thorns in there. Oh my I gosh. still have that. <laughs> so if you're ever arrested and bored, here's some things you can do. <laughs> Um, while you're waiting to meet with your lawyer or go to court, because <laughs> that's what's going to happen next, right? Right. So if you get arrested, um, potentially, depending on where you're arrested and what, for, what you're arrested for, potentially there could be a bond just automatically put on you. And you could bond out right away if that's the case. Right. Like a domestic violence type charge in Douglas County usually has a standard bond of 5000 but that's per charge. So if you have yeah. two counts, they make you post 10000 So if you are given a bond right away, that means that if you post it or someone posts it for you, you can get out right away. Right. If you do not have a bond on you or it's too high, you're going to be sitting for a while. And... In Douglas County, they now have a courtroom in the jail that people who are in jail go to to get arraigned and potentially have a bond set on them, depending if they don't already have a bond. Right. And they typically do it twice a day, yep. a morning and afternoon session. And so depending on when you get arrested and booked into the jail, that's when they decide. So. If you get arrested at 8 in the morning, you're not going to go to that 9 o'clock session because that's they're going to still be booking you. But you'll probably go to that afternoon session. The problem is they only have so many slots. Like, and I don't know what number they've come up with. I don't. Let's say they have 30 misdemeanor slots. If those 30 are full, it doesn't matter what time you got arrested. You're going right. to sit until there's a slot open. So, and it used to be that this, if you go... As a viewer to the jail, which you can't right now because of COVID, but prior to COVID times, you could go to the front door of the jail, walk in, say, I'm here to watch court. You walk down this little hall, and there's a little viewing room that's separate from this jail courtroom. And in that jail courtroom, there's several rows of benches. And so they used to fill those up totally oh, with people. And then they would have a second room in the hall because um, I've been on the other side of this hall, which if you're an attorney goes to the jail, you're in this part of the hall also. That it goes, there's a bunch of doors from this courtroom, and then there's like a conference room, and they would yeah. have other inmates out in there. So usually what they would do is they would have like all the males in the courtroom and then right. the females in there. And there's a video feed so they can see what the judge is saying as they're doing the, the rights advisory to everybody. And then they just call them up one by one. Yep. And they've got um, a handful of people there. They always have somebody from pretrial services. So if you are arrested for a more serious misdemeanor or a felony, somebody from pretrial services usually comes and talks to you. And they have this scoring system for the judge. And in the scoring system, they determine, you know, they, they take information like, how long have you lived in Nebraska? Uh, 
what's your work history? What's your substance abuse history? Basically trying to tell the judge if they think you're a flight risk. Because if they think you're a flight risk, you're going to get a higher bond. Right. Or is this person not a flight risk and we're going to release them either on their own or for a low bond? And if we do release them, are we going to make them follow any specific conditions like pretrial release or the 24-7 program? So there's somebody from there who like reads this report to the judge. You have a prosecutor there who reads the details of the charges to the judge. And then you have a public defender that is there for you just for that hearing, unless you qualify to have the public defender's office appointed to you, who represents your interests at the hearing to say, oh, judge, you know, this person's not a flight risk because of X, Y, Z. Right. And we've talked about, I think, the arraignment on prior podcast, but that's really basically what's happening. You're being, you're arraigned on, on your charge. And then the bond can be set if you didn't have one, or it can be raised or lowered from what that schedule bond was. Right. And if you don't bond out, you know, after your arraignment, then you're just sitting in jail until your case gets resolved. Right. And so after the arraignment date, they set a pretrial date for a misdemeanor or a preliminary hearing for a felony. And then if you can't bond out, you're just sitting around waiting for that hearing. And one thing that I think jails are really an unknown for people who've never been in one as a visitor, an employee, a professional or arrested like it. You don't have any, I'd never been in a jail before I was an attorney, you know? Right. And, but I'd done visits with clients and now we go to the courtroom and blah, blah, blah at the jail. Well, not now because of COVID, but. <laughs> yeah, we do it by WebEx. They, they still have everybody in that same courtroom, yeah. but instead of the judge and the attorneys being in that courtroom, we are at the courthouse in a courtroom with a big screen and then it's like a Zoom call. It's very, very interesting. Um, but attorneys can go visit clients at the jail. Right. Um, they have to make our clients available to us to visit us. Which doesn't mean that the client won't agree to see you. Yeah. I have, this is very rare. Most clients always want to see their attorneys. Yes. But I've had, I had one client that I'm thinking of in particular that was pretty difficult and he kept refusing to visit yes. with me. And in Douglas County, we used to have face-to-face -face visits with our clients. We would get a little small conference room and we could show them their file and they could look at the police report with us and we would take notes and we could show them pictures. Um, you can even show them videos if you set that up ahead of time with the jail and things like that. And now we only get to have video calls with our clients. Is, and you, do you think that is gonna stay after COVID? No. So you can, technically do a face-to-face -face visit right now you have to set it up in advance um, and it's only supposed to be if you have physical documents right. that you need them to see um, but you have to wear the n95 mask and all of that okay so it, it's so now we're talking to them on a handheld phone through a video screen and it's pretty it's it's pretty hard to communicate with them it i is. feel like because they you can usually hear background noise it's the phones that the general public used to use yeah. which 
is unfortunate for the general public now because now their only option is to set up this account online to do these video visits online, but they have to pay for them. Yeah. Which is, you know, same, like they have to pay for phone calls. And there's a lot of issues with these private companies that are hired to provide these services overcharging. Oh, insane amounts. Yeah. Um, the other thing is we can talk on the phone from, you know, jail to attorney, um, it's not ideal, but a client can call us, call our law firm from the jail and talk to us on the phone. For free. Yeah. We, they, we, we get our number registered with them and it's a free call for them, but it's also limited. So yeah. after like 15 minutes, it times out and then the client has to call back. Yeah. And usually they are only given, you know, certain times of the day that they're allowed to be on the phone and everyone wants to make their phone calls at that time well now because of covid so generally before they so the jail has these lockdown periods where they do counts and it's like three times a day like right around the shift changes and so during those time periods they have to be in their housing units and so right. there's two different types of housing units there there's one where they have their open housing units and it's just basically like bunk beds and there's no rooms. Um, those are it, there's only a handful of those. And the others, there's um, a room. Each person has their own room, and there's two beds to a room. Right. And so those that was nice have you doors. Didn't call it a cell. <laughs> well, it's a, try, it's a cell. It's a it's a small room. It's a small room. <laughs> it, the door locks. So during counts, these doors yeah. are locked, and the you know they have to go through and check each person and make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be. Aaron Wetzel here. Yeah. Susan Ruff here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the rest of the day, they could be out milling around the the common areas yeah. of the housing unit, which some of them have um, like a little uh, rec area attached to it, yeah. and some of the cells don't, so they have specified rec times where they have to go to a separate rec area. But the ones that have them attached, you could go out there anytime. There's like a basketball hoop, and then they can ask for a basketball, it's volleyball, like a soccer ball. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's so nice. Um, and so they have, like, the little phone banks in the middle of the housing yeah. unit. So there's, like, four or five of them. So, and there's, you're, so there's a lot of privacy, right, to talk yes. to your attorney? Yeah, you're talking to your attorney when you're standing right next to the person next to you who might be trying to listen to what you're saying about your case. So yeah. we do not like to talk to our clients about their cases over the phone like that. Yeah. I don't like to talk about specifics. I mean, I don't yeah, mind, right. you know, passing court dates or talking about bond information. Right. Um, or saying, like, I'm going to come and visit you on Friday, so hold right. tight or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, and the other thing that they, all jail phone calls are recorded. They say that the attorney phone calls are not listened to. But uh, we can't guarantee But that. we don't know that. And then there was that one um, jail that got in trouble because they were, was it Hall County? Somewhere. It was somewhere in Nebraska that... They were recording the inmate calls with their attorneys, and the county attorney's office was listening to them. Yep. Which is a huge no-no. Yeah. So um, w the, the other word of advice is if you're in jail and you're calling your family or friends, and there's that little recorded voice at the beginning that says, this call is being recorded, guess what? It's not only being recorded. There are people at the county attorney's office whose sole job it is is to listen mm -hmm. to people's calls. And depending on how many staff they have, 
And if they think that you're going to be talking about your case, they're going to listen. Oh, yeah. Especially like domestic violence related cases, because they assume that the person who's arrested is going to call the victim and try to persuade them to not pursue the charges or not cooperate in the investigation. I have been sitting in county attorney's offices where they go, oh, your client called so-and-so. Let me pull it up. And they just pull it up on their computer and play it for me. And I'm like, oh, crap, there's my client telling this person to not pursue this. And then they add other charges. Yes. So it's not like when you're calling your credit card company and they're like, this call may be recorded for quality assurance. Like, And you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. They're really recording these and listening. Yes. So do not talk about your case on your on the phone to anybody. And also, do not talk about your case to anybody in there. Nobody is your friend in there. <laughs> Nobody. Do not talk about it, period. And this is where definitely family law and criminal law overlap because people always want to spill their guts about their case to somebody else. Yes. And then somebody else is like, oh, well, you think that's bad. And then they tell their story. And then the person comes back to the lawyer and they're like, well, my friend told me in their case they only got, you know, one day in oh jail God. or whatever. Yes. Like, oh, there's, it's the same. It's Jailhouse lawyers t- telling everybody, well, you should do this. And they say, well, I want to do this. And and I say, well, that's not a thing. We can't do that. I want to file well, a motion to depress. Yes. I had that. <laughs> I had that told me that's not a motion. It's a motion to suppress. Or dismiss, which isn't even a thing either. No. In no. criminal law. No. <laughs> or this person Or they call and they say, I want house arrest. And I'm like, okay, that's not while we're pending this case. That's not a thing. That's that. Well, I heard so-and-so. I'm like, that person had to have been sentenced. That's the thing after you're sentenced. Can I just get an ankle monitor? No. Yeah. Can I just, I mean, can I get house arrest until my murder trial? (laughs) No. Yeah. Apparently Florida lets you do that. Yeah. Yeah. But Nebraska does not. No. Uh... (laughs) Well, Sarpy County does the the alcohol monitors on pretrial release. Yeah, the scram or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah, so expensive. It is, and then, you know. Yeah. I was in I was in court once, and it's you want your client to have it, and even though this client had hired me and I was not court appointed. I said to the judge, you know, he can't afford this bracelet, but yeah. I didn't want to go to jail, obviously. It's yeah. a DUI. And I said, he can't afford this. You know, he basically spent all of his money on paying me. And so the judge says, I'm going to put you on this, even though he had not been on it for several months. I'm going to put you on this, uh, but, you know, I'll have the county pay for it. And I'm like, well, I'm happy for my client, but I'm annoyed as a Sarpy County taxpayer yeah. that I'm that paying for this. Yeah. yeah. So those bracelets are fairly new. Um, and just to kind of go slightly off topic, they, they're mostly used for a person who's pending charges, right? But you can also voluntarily submit to one, I suppose, for purposes to show you're sober in maybe a custody case or whatever. But I was reading when they first came out, I was kind of like, well, how do these things work? And they have these like little spiny things that like actually go in your skin Oh, to detect alcohol and they don't pierce your skin to the point where you're going to be bleeding or anything. But someone was trying to beat the, <laughs> the scram bracelet and they put lunch meat between the needles and their skin like pieces of oh, ham. Gross. It was ham. Gross. And it... um. I think it stayed on there for a while. Like they cut it like 
to the size of the bracelet or whatever, but then it started to like cause the bracelet to malfunction. <laughs> The oils in the in the meat and the meat starts to decompose on your leg. Gross. I don't know. Yeah, That's it so was gross. it was really interesting. The only <laughs> the only other time that you hear about the ankle monitors pretrial is for juvenile cases, and that's. A GPS, right? Not a alcohol monitor, right? It's a GPS yeah. tracking device to make sure that that juvenile's where they're supposed to be. Yeah, but they don't typically not in Nebraska. I've heard some other cases in other states where you know they say this felon was released and they were on GPS tracking, like on parole or something yeah. like that, and yeah, and then he was tracked down to this other crime. What are we don't we don't have that here? Yeah, the GPS is the juvenile court cases, and then the alcohol monitor. Yeah. I mean, they're expensive. Yeah. It's like three or $400 a month, I think. Yeah. So if you're in jail, you still have access to your attorney. You're still going to be, oh, and if, if you do go to court, they're going to transport you. Right. To the courthouse to come to court. After that first hearing. Yeah. Or if there's some sort of video capability for like a non-substantive hearing, that may happen. Um, but you do have the right to be present for the majority of your court hearings if substantive things are going to happen. Well, and sometimes at that very first hearing, if it's just like a smaller misdemeanor, they might offer you a plea deal without you having an attorney with you yes. at that first hearing. So if it's like a trespassing or something, and let's say you get arrested on a Friday and you go in for court on Monday, you've been there for three days by that point in time, they might say, hey, if you plead guilty to this trespassing, I'll agree to time served. For, and you get released yeah. that day. I, I I truly believe that some of the best plea deals happen when people are in jail without a lawyer for their first hearing. I mean, because that prosecutor says, if this person pleads not guilty, they probably aren't going to make their bond. They're going to sit in here, and we're just going to come back again in six weeks. So I might as well try to get them out now with a, a reasonable deal. Well, I've had some on family law cases where I'm representing the victim of a domestic violence mm -hmm. type charge on like a protection order or whatever. And they say, well, he assaulted me and I got this protection order. He also got arrested. And I say, okay. So I look up the charges and they do that. Yes. They give him like three days and she's sending you pictures of these, of these. It's bad. And it's bad. And you're yeah. like, you gave that person three days yeah. without even consulting her? That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it, go it goes both ways. It does. But I, like I said, I think some of the best deals happen when someone's sitting right. in jail. It's their first court appearance. And it's like that carrot is dangled in front of them. Plead, plead and get out. Mm -hmm. And people usually, people who've never been in jail before, they're like, get me the heck out of here. Or sometimes people who've been there a lot, they're like, oh, of course I'm doing this. Yes, that sounds better than 30 days. Right. Yeah. So word to the wise, just don't get arrested. Right. <laughs> if you do postpone, they have you sign a little form that advises you of all the conditions of the bond. Yes. So there's, there's a group of standard conditions. And so that says... Reside at this arrest, and it's whatever arrest address. or ad. Ugh, I can't reside talk. at the arrest. <laughs> reside at this address, and it's usually the address that you have on your driver's on license. On your driver's license, so you might want to correct that if it's not the correct address. Right. Not that they really check that that much. Um, you can't go more than it's like ten miles outside of Douglas County. Right. Which they also really don't verify no. super often. Um, you can't. You're not supposed to. Does it say you can't drink? These substances. I. 
I don't think that's a standard clause. I'm trying to think of what all the standard clauses are. And then you might have... You promise to appear at your court Yeah, hearings. promise to appear. And so it'll have your hearing date on there. I think violating, no violating laws. Yeah, no violating laws. Um, and then they can add some stuff in there. So yeah. if, if it's a crime with an identified victim, they may add a no contact order with that victim. So like an assault charge, they might say no contact with that victim. Right. Which means if you contact them, they can violate your bond and haul you back into jail and then you forfeit the amount that you posted, potentially, or they can add a separate charge of the tampering with a witness. Right. Um, you can also be ordered to do these two different programs in Douglas County. There's the 24-7 program, which is usually used for people with substance abuse issues, DUIs, drug possession charges, where you have to check in with them in person at this program twice a day and do drug tests or do breathalyzers. Right. And if you miss, they can sanction you by sending you to jail for a couple days, or they can violate your bond and issue a warrant for you. And then pretrial release is a little more lax. You just have like a number that you call each day to right. check in. You input like your social security number. And then periodically, I think it tells you you have to come in to do a drug test. Yeah. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world to get pretrial no. release. No, it's pretty easy. Yeah. And I've had some clients that that is given to them as a condition of bond, but not explained to them yes. when they leave. So they don't know. And then the pretrial release program just reaches out to me and says, Hey, did your client know they're supposed to be checking in with us? If you get them to start checking in regularly, I won't yeah. tell the prosecutor. Yeah. And then I reach out to them. They're like, Oh, I didn't know. And then they start calling in and yeah. it's fine. And if you, commit another crime when you're out on bond on any of these, the prosecuting attorney will likely set a bond review hearing and they will ask for a higher bond. Right. And you'll be back in jail and not good. And probably get a higher bond on your second, second charge, charge since you allegedly committed the crime while you were out on bond for the first one. Right. But the most important thing is that you look at that form that you get that you sign when you get released to see what your court date is because yes. then if you miss your next court date they will issue a warrant and potentially add a charge of failure to appear and forfeit any cash you did post yes that becomes property of the state right or county or whomever which sometimes we can get reinstated but not always so don't count yeah. on that yeah so we covered a lot of stuff about what happens if you're in jail sitting on a case a criminal case so um, and all of this is subject to change according to the jail rules, like what COVID yes. showed us. Yeah. It's much different yeah. now what happens in the jail versus what happened three years ago. And your lawyer really doesn't have any control of what happens in the jail. They no. have no control. No. So you're at their mercy or whim <laughs> or whatever. Whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever we're calling it. So don't get arrested. You don't have to worry about it my takeaway but if you do get arrested call us and we will help yes call us all right thanks everyone thank you for listening to the lady lawyer league podcast and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts if you would like to learn more about our firm hightower ref law please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com we'll see you next week